This episode is brought to you by Triggered 22 LLC, a veteran-owned apparel company. By purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or hoodie from Triggered 22, you're not only supporting a small business, but you're bringing awareness to veteran PTSD and suicide. Please help save the lives of those who fought for our freedoms. Visit Triggered22.com now and place your order. Let's help those suffering from invisible wounds. Here's the thing that I'm passionate about that most politicians won't even like acknowledge. We don't live in an economy anymore where like one uh, parent can support the family so that the other parent can raise the the kids. Welcome to the American Grown Podcast hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Zachary Halkius, currently the youngest elected official in Pennsylvania, serving as a borough council member for Slatington. Zachary, welcome to episode 49 of the American Grown Podcast. Thank you for having me. Slatington, um, I know you're north of Allentown, but how was the drive coming in? It was uh, over an hour, you know, took, took a little while, but, you know, it was a good drive. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, it does mean a lot. Before we dive into your political career so far, uh, let's get some background about yourself. Where'd you grow up, school? What were you into in high school? Uh, born and raised in Slatington, third generation Slatingtonian. Um, it's located right in the center of the Lehigh Valley. Uh, I went to Northern Lehigh High School. I graduated there in 2020. You know, I was affected by the, uh, you know, uh, COVID pandemic, you know, my senior year kind of got cut short. So that was kind of where my interest in politics started, because, you know, it's a shame that it had to affect day to day, you know, activities and, you know, the children and education and simple stuff like that. But now I'm just uh, going to college at LTRIC and I study business and I work in the political field. Let's back it up a little bit. So what was it like growing up? You know, do you have siblings? You know, how was it growing up? We live in a great community and a good part of the community. I will say that I do like Slatington for um, how easily accessible most essential businesses are. Like we live right near gas station, have a couple, you know, restaurants that are good and the post office. So it's very well equipped for like your day-to-day activities. I do have a younger sister, you know, very fortunate to have, you know, a a sibling and you know uh so that's great you know i had a great family my my entire life i have two great parents my mom and my dad and um yeah i'm just very thankful to have a strong family and i think that's where a lot of my good values come from your last name say it again for me halkius halkius so may i ask is that italian german halkius greek greek i should have yeah. known okay <laughs> greek like like the gods almost. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, is there like a meaning? So I, so I did some research on it and uh, I believe it derives from a word meaning coppersmith. Oh, sweet. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Um, you were going to high school. What were you into? 
I didn't really do sports in high school that I kind of did, you know, like grown up kind of thing, not, you know, competitively. Um, in high school, I was the yearbook guy. Like okay. I love graphic design, communication design, and like the business aspect of it. Uh, for my uh, junior and senior year, I was actually the president of the club. It was a great experience and I, <laughs> I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world. It was, it was amazing. I had a really great advisor who was like a second mom to me. You know, I learned a lot about the business aspect of it too. Like I would sit in on like uh, her negotiating with like <laughs> the, the printing company yeah. um, and learning about like the finance aspect of it and, you know, fundraising for the book, advertising the book and uh, that kind of thing in uh, my senior year. And I just want to say this because I was pretty proud of it. I wanted to do something like really cool and different for my senior year yearbooks. So my idea that we did in the book was for all the classes or excuse me, all, all the clubs and all the sports, we actually recorded uh, videos interviewing the advisors and the student presidents of each uh, sport and club. And we put QR codes next Dude, to all those on the, on the club and yeah. uh, sports pages. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So you'd be able to scan it and then you could see our like one-on-one interview with, wow. with those people. That's, and that's like game changing. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I think more schools should do that. Yeah. I, like I, I, my school, I mean, of course I graduated in 2011, so it's been a little while, you know, so small world. I was actually a part of my school's newspaper back in high school. I was a photographer and the yearbook staff shared uh, the classroom with the news local school newspaper. So like I got to see what the yearbook staff did, but I never got to give input because I was on the newspaper. Um, but I'm guessing you guys probably use Justine's for your yep, printing. We use Justin's. Yeah. J- or Justin's. Yeah. So what was that like? And what did you learn when you sat in on those meetings? I got to like learn a lot of my negotiation skills and like the communication skills of like what we as the school and the yearbook committee should require and like ask of uh, what Justin's does for us. So, you know, I got to learn about the, um, I got to learn a lot about the negotiation part of it um, from my, uh, from the yearbook advisor and about just the business aspect of it as a whole, you know, more than just taking pictures, going around the school, surveying people and editing it on the computer. So I guess that's kind of where part of my entrepreneurial inclination comes from yeah but at some point you decide to run to be a council member on the borough so how does that segue in because i think you're still at that time you're still in high school give us that whole background let's just jump right into it um this would have been you were i think elected january of last year 2022 yeah that was when i was sworn in sworn in okay what was that process like running a successful campaign? Take us, let's go back to day one. Where'd you get the idea from? Let's, let's start from the beginning. So firstly, my interest in politics started when the coronavirus policies by, um, you know, all these uh, politicians started affecting the daily lives of just, you know, random people. And, you know, it shouldn't be that invasive that children uh, should be concerned with it. That's how I feel. And uh, I don't think it should be something that, you know, is obtrusive in day-to-day life. So granted, all the events that happened in 2020 and, you know, uh, policy responses to it, that's what got me interested in it. 
and I was really, you know, following that for up until the 2020 election. And then my mother uh, talked to a friend of ours from uh, down the street who grew up near politics, but not necessarily in it. And he got me interested in getting involved with it. He um, appointed me to his seat on the Lehigh County Republican Committee as a committee member in February of 2021. And at the time I was 18. And a couple months later, comes to me and tells me that uh, there's some seats up on the Slatington Borough Council. So, you know, he shows me this, he, he sits me down and on the table, he slides a little drawing he made of Zachary Halkius, Slatington Borough Council oh, with nice. some stars on it. Yeah. And he's like, I think this would be a great idea for you. And I was, I was like, heck yeah, man. Let's go for <laughs> sure, it. Yeah. Let's go yeah. for it. So uh, right away, we launched a write-in campaign for the primary. That meeting I had with him was in April and our primary was in May. So uh, we reached out to actually the new mayoral candidate. Previously, our mayor of was of uh, 24 years and just uh, this past... Uh, municipal election, uh, we had somebody else come into the game and eventually win. So I, you know, teamed up with her and we went door knocking together door to door to, you know, campaign. And we did that and primary day came around and we successfully got on the ballot. Then over the summer, we went to all the community events and handed out pens, cards, you know, talk, just talked to people everywhere went to all the events. And in the last month before the election, for all of October, we, instead of uh, getting a bunch of yard signs and putting them all over town, spending a lot of money, we rented a, a billboard okay. <laughs> going right into Slatington for the whole month of October. Zachary Halkius, Slatington Borough Council, everybody saw it in coming yeah. into town, and it was really awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And then on election day, uh, we came out with the most amount of votes of any candidate. Wow. When you started running, that was like kind of peak COVID or COVID had just recently happened. Like I shouldn't say when you were running, but when you got into politics. That was when I got interested. Okay. I first got involved with like, you know, getting into like the ground game of it in the following February, February 2021, the year okay. after. If COVID didn't happen, do you think you'd be in politics now? Absolutely not. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I would have had any idea or inclination to because you know i never really had an interest in it before like politics the president the governor never crossed my mind ever yeah yeah so really that like really it sounds like sparked your interest or made you feel motivated to take that step forward because um, like you said you saw how it was affecting the youth of america and how it was affecting your your life you know and mm -hmm. and, and local businesses in your area so so covid hits you got your interest you get involved now all of a sudden you're running you're going door to door what is what is that like you know boots on the ground were people nice to you when you were knocking on doors yeah for the most part yeah my community was very excited to have a younger in a person of the younger generation uh to represent them so like overwhelming amount of support um from my community and you know we're just focused on fulfilling all the promises I made along the campaign, uh, you know, as I'm serving now. Yeah. I was doing some research. I Googled your, your name because I was like, I got to look this guy up, Zachary. The Times News, uh, TN Online, mm -hmm. 
you had mentioned about you're running on trying to bring more business to Sladington area, but also reopening the local swimming pool and community center. Mm-hmm. Is there any updates on that? Yeah. So how's uh, it going with that? Uh, about a year after I was sworn in and just this past summer, we had the first summer of the pool open again, thanks to uh, a grant by the state. And as far as uh, the community center, we are making a agreement with an organization um, to make use of that for the community. Okay. It's still under, you know, the processing part of it. I just thought it was neat, you being so young and having set goals, like attainable goals, like getting, you know, the local swimming pool open, getting the community center up and running. I just thought that was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another one of my big promises was to try to expand uh, parking in the borough because it's a, it's a real issue, especially on Main Street where all of our businesses are. Okay. It gets pretty filled up pretty quickly and pretty easily. So what I did uh, so far to this point was I reached out to our state senator and his office and started to explore what options the uh, state can grant for an incentive uh, policy that I um, proposed and uh, created uh, to expand the whole homes repair program. So this program uh, was just created uh, as part of last year's budget, and they give you know a portion of the funds to each county. And what the program uh, does as of now essentially gives households under a certain income funds to provide Uh, and purchase like home essentials like insulation and things like that. So what my proposal was to expand the program to offer financial aid or like tax incentives for properties with the space to uh, create their own driveways or garages. Yeah, yeah. So that's smart. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because then it would alleviate some of the street parking if somebody has the space to put parking on their right. you know, actual property yeah they could park their employees and i didn't mean to cut you off but yeah i mean parking is essential for especially downtown or any city small businesses like if you if your customers can't park near your business chances are mm-hmm. they're not going to support your business because they can't get to your business and then if they can't get to your business your business is going to close or you're going to go online and not have a storefront mm-hmm. yeah so that was one proposal i made and then i brought that to uh, the council at one meeting and you know, with unanimous support and signatures, uh, we approved to send it to the senator and we went, met with his office and we're exploring those options right now. So let's just take that that you just said. What was that like? You're a young guy now, you're 20, 21? 21. Okay, so what is it like? Are you nervous when you go in front of these people? Like, how do you feel? How do you handle yourself? Because I feel like, you know, younger people in their early 20s are, you know, some of them playing video games, they're partying, whatever they're doing. <laughs> they're not really into politics, but you seem very focused and you know what you want to do i i don't have any problem talking with like these uh you know other elected officials like our state senators our state representatives in the area because i know all of them on like a more personal level than most people do because i'm involved with the county committee and most of our uh local elected officials um and state officials are involved and you know come to uh the meetings and such so I, I know them on more of a personal level, so I don't have any problem, like, you know, calling them up, send them a text or an email, ask them, you know, uh, what are our options for this? What information can you give me on what the state can do for my borough? And, um, yeah, so I don't have any, like, issue, you know, 
you don't you get know, collaborating with these people. Yeah, no, no butterflies or any kind of like anxiousness. No, <laughs> oh, I like that. That's great. And if you're not nervous, then like you're you're dead set. Like this is what we're gonna do. You know, to make the community better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's something that I have to offer that not every council person does because you know I'm involved with this as like my prime. Like I work in politics for my primary job, and I'm involved with the county committee, so I know these other officials that can help us. That's something that you know not every local official you know has to offer you know getting state officials to help us what does a day today look like for you being um, you know a city council member for the borough basically it's uh, mostly outreach it's not a full-time position my day-to-day is my primary job right now i uh, do field work in the political field and i make my absolute best effort to go to like all the community and political events possible, uh, especially locally in my borough so that I can reach out to my constituents and see what I can do for them. You know, hearing what their concerns are, making phone calls to help solve these issues, and then, you know, go to the meetings uh, when we have them and uh, participating in the uh, uh, county party meetings uh, monthly and, you know, just really making an effort to reach out to people. And then I document everything on social oh, do you? media. <laughs> I, I, I saw you have a pretty good, decent following, I thought. And I like how you present and handle yourself. You're very professional, you know, and, and I think you're true to yourself. Like, Thank you. I don't think you're fronting. This is, this is you. Like, you're seriously into what you're into. Yeah. Yeah. I shared with you uh, the human element of politics that was written by uh, Alisher, who ran for city council here. What do you credit to your success what were some of the things that you, was it the billboard? Do you think the billboard did it when you first were running? Like what, what got you elected? Part of it was advertising. We also ran a couple ads in like our local gazette, the town and country. And as far as the human element of the success of the campaign, I would attribute just authenticity. That's one thing I get, especially from people I know on a personal level or like colleagues of mine that know me personally, they really, I've heard this multiple times, they just really acknowledge and appreciate the fact that I'm just authentic with them. Like I don't let my position or my involvements get to me at all. And that's something that we see in, you know, a lot of our other officials. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying for sure. Yeah. It's hard to not get caught up sometimes in the nonsense or uh, showmanship maybe of politics. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Being a field organizer for the uh, Pennsylvania GOP, you did canvassing and all that. Again, what is, what is that like? Because I never did it. I'm sure a lot of listeners have. And, and, and how, again, how do people handle you coming around and, and knocking on doors? I know you said a lot of it was welcoming, kind of like walk us through that so when i was working for the pennsylvania gop i was a field organizer i was covering both lehigh county and carbon county and more than just canvassing it was it was a full-time job seven days a week you know it was like all networking recruiting volunteers you know seeing if anybody was interested in you know being an intern or staff but it was just volunteer recruitment, get people to help make phone calls and knock doors with us, event organizing, you know, meet up here to door knock, you know, in a different community, 
uh, meet up at this office for us to make phone calls and have pizza and nice (laughs) yeah and that sort of thing food will motivate people yeah Uh, you'll find you know yeah for sure yeah so it was it was really just intensive like performance-based work where we needed to you know hit this amount of phones this week this amount of doors this week or that day and just you know staff events go to these um like you know fairs and different events to try to recruit volunteers and you know, really just try to get our Republicans elected. How do you go about recruiting, um, you know, help? I, I know you said pizza parties is one example, <laughs> but, and uh, wh- like, wh- how does that conversation go? Whenever there's an event held or like we, I had, uh, you know, colleagues that would have events at, you know, our own office, we would just, you know, walk around with a sign up sheet and, you know, just really try to get people to, you know, sign up to volunteer, follow up and call them, you know. Uh, get to the front of the room at some point during some event, even if we weren't the host. Oh yeah, and you know, ask. <laughs> you know, we need volunteers to you know make these calls, make and uh, help us knock doors to fight the good fight. Do you find that a lot of people were willing, like when you asked them to you know help um, go door to door, or um, you know just hey, we want to help get our you know the Republicans reelected or elected. Were people open to that? Or oh, yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what the, the take would be because sometimes I feel like people get so caught up in their day-to-day that they're like, I don't have time to volunteer. Like, why do you want me to, to waste time? But so you're, you are you had success with that. Yeah. Everybody has their own schedules. But if, you know, you're making the right phone calls and enough of them, you'll get people. There you go. Perfect. So now you've been on TV, radio, I think a, another podcast or two, and then what really like I said, it impressed me. You were recognized by Turning Point USA uh, at a Ron DeSantis rally. What was that like, being on TV, then radio, and then getting recognized by Turning Point USA? Like, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. yeah. So it was really exciting to me. Uh, the one day, like a week or two after I was uh, sworn into the council, uh, I got a I got a call from the borough manager that uh, Blue Ridge Cable, you know, called for an interview with me. So I met them at Borough Hall. We uh, and we did a little interview, and it aired on uh, Blue Ridge. It was very, it was very exciting. And on the podcast, I was on the Talk of Fame podcast with uh, Kylie Montigny, and that was really fun. I got to talk a little bit about my uh, political work experience and you know uh, elected official experience, and uh, that was a great honor. And I thank her for that. And it was a turning point action, unite and win rally. It was out in Pittsburgh, and. Uh, we went to that. It was a long drive. Yeah, that's a haul. <laughs> but, yeah. but we went to that, and one of my volunteers from from work, when I was working for the PAGOP, she was like, hey, I, I met this guy. He's uh, one of the representatives for Turning Point. You know, he's over at you know, this table in the corner bef- before the event started. And she dragged me over, introduced me to him, and this, this guy was, like, really excited. He was like, you're the youngest elected official in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I was with my mom at that event, and he was like, you know what, let me get you some VIP passes. We're going to get you uh, get you two seated at the front. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and so cool. And then he was like, okay, uh, this is how we'll do it. You know, we'll uh, have all the elected officials stand up. And uh, in the video I have on my page, he goes, and we have a real treat for you, everybody, tonight. Uh, the youngest elected official, Zachary Halke, is from Slankton. He's uh, all the way over in Lehigh County on the other side of the state. He is. Yeah, and he, seriously. And he said... Uh, he is the future of the conservative movement. Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I first heard about you and met you. I'm like, 
wow, like how young you are and how invested you are in politics. And it seems like you're raised right. You have the right kind of mindset. I was like, this guy could be going places in the next couple of years. All right. So let's explain to the listeners uh, that might not know, because some aren't from PA. Pittsburgh is, what would you say, five hour drive from where you're at? At least four. Three or four. Yeah. Okay. So at least probably four. Let's say four. It's it's a haul. It is, it is across the state. So you get there and because of your networking, your connections, you're then able to get these VIP passes, get right up front, get a shout out. What did that feel like, you know, when you stood up and got recognized? It was very exciting. And he had me, st- like, I got called out. I got to stand up in front of probably a few thousand people. Oh, um, wow. No pressure. <laughs> by myself. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no pressure. <laughs> yeah. And um, I have a video from uh, my mom's point of view and, you know, it's just all these people like cheering and clapping, you know, you, we got this young guy representing the party and he's the youngest official in uh, Pennsylvania. And, you know, this lady that was sitting behind me, she was like, uh, after I sat back down and the, you know, uh, applause uh, died down, she was like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you. We need more people like you. Well, that's it. Right. That's it. Yeah. More, more people that care and want to get involved. Um that must have felt so cool. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Very neat. After Pittsburgh, come back home. Let us get back up to speed. So like from Pittsburgh till now, what else has kind of happened? After Pittsburgh, I finished my job with the PAGOP up to the election in November. And then after that, I chose to go down to help canvas for the Senate runoff in Georgia. So for... What? Okay, because I saw that on the form, the GA, GOP, which is, you know, grand old old party, mm-hmm. right? But I saw the GA and I'm like, is that Georgia? So, you, okay, so you literally go down to Georgia. Talk about that. Yeah, so it was one of the best experiences ever. So for like three weeks, they flew me and my the coworkers that chose to uh, down to Florida, and, or I'm sorry, Georgia. We would just you know, do door to door, like all day. <laughs> and we had to do 300 some uh, or more a day. You know, that would take a good portion of the day, we'd get a lunch break, and then we'd go back to it. And then uh, at night, we would do some phone call canvassing uh, for like about an hour or two. But it was a great experience. Like, yeah. you know, they, ha- you know, they fed us and we would, uh, you know, cater some food, you know, every night or so. And, you know, the one night we, we all went bowling and we went to uh, Korean barbecue the one night. Southern food. It, it was great. I was going to say, they probably had some real good sweet tea down there. So, yeah, I and, mean, Georgia sweet tea for sure. Yeah. And while I was down there, I had the best fried chicken I ever had. It was this <laughs> little, you know, small owned business called That Biscuit Place. Yeah. And it was the best fried chicken Hands I ever had. Hands down the best. Better than Chick-fil-A and Popeye's and all that. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. So go to Georgia for your sweet tea and your fried chicken. You know, that uh, runoff election went over Thanksgiving break and we stayed down there. So uh, the GOP uh, gave uh, all the teams that went down there. Uh, we met up at a hotel for a real nice like Thanksgiving style buffet yeah. uh, for everybody. And that, that was really nice. I got to meet bunch of different uh, people from other uh, state GOP uh, staffers there, like New York, Texas, like over 15 different states went down to Georgia to canvas for the Senate campaign. And, you know, I got to meet all these people and we went to the uh, Atlanta Braves uh, Battery Park, you know, walk around there. 
And because I couldn't come up and spend Thanksgiving with my family, my dad actually flew down to uh, spend Thanksgiving yeah. that, that weekend with oh, me. That's and awesome. we, you know, went out to, to eat the one night and uh, went to a movie. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you down there canvassing? From November 15th to, I think, December 8th. So, wow. yeah, so, like for the up until yeah. the runoff election actually happened. So, like almost a solid month. You're, yeah. you're away from home canvassing. <laughs> yeah. And it probably hot down there. It was probably, probably a little it, warm or not. It was bad. actually freezing for like the first cold? week and a half. Oh, okay. It was like Pennsylvania weather. I had was to get it? a, <laughs> I had to buy a coat, a heavy coat down there because it was so yeah. unexpectedly cold. You're all in, like I mentioned earlier. And you're willing to get, I would say, in the trenches and, and get out there knocking on doors, which, again, I don't think a lot of people in their 20s, 30s or younger would. You know, when you meet all these other Republicans or like-minded people, what was that like? And is there anyone there you wanted to shout out, like anyone you connected with, any friends that you've made from that trip? Uh, a colleague of mine that was the field organizer for Bucks County, his name is Dan Maneri. He's an inspector of elections for his precinct. He's been a very... Uh, we're very like-minded, and he's been a great help along uh, this journey since I met him uh, when we crossed paths during that job. And uh, he's, you know, we, uh, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other. You know, it's like the iron sharpens iron. You know, he's a, he's a real good teammate. Being a younger person, you know, it seems to me like there is a, a great divide, very political divide, right? Being a young person... What do you think attributes to that? And then also, what do you think of the term woke? Because I feel like everyone is saying woke. You hear it on the Joe Rogan podcast, the woke mindset, or you hear it on the news. And it's it's a term now that's so thrown around. It's like, what does it really even mean anymore? I think that it's kind of just like a buzzword for political correctness, so to speak. I think it's just overused to the point where it uh, starts to feel like, you know, like a cheesy slang word. I think it's just more to represent just the ridiculousness, I guess, of some of the things that are going on that people care about. So they, they'll just use that word for, for the sake of it. So, yeah. With this political divide, why do you think the country is so divided? What is your take on it? I think we're just at a crossroads between ideologies. I don't think that um, the majority of people are like against. I, I would say the the majority of people are more for like the normalcy that we grew up with, and it's just like a very overinflated like. My take on why I feel like the country is so politically divided is. Because I don't think whether you're conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, right or left, or you're an independent, you know, that's a, a smaller group compared to your Republicans and Democrats. But I think it's, there's no, it seems like there's no conversation to be had. It's like, either you're like, like you're wrong, or you're wrong. Like there's no, no one's really, I don't think talking, they just want to point fingers and say, well, your way is stupid, or you don't know what you're talking about. And yeah, I think if both sides were to come together, I don't know. I feel like it could help lessen the divide because I feel like the country is very divided right now. Mm -hmm. I think that there's just a lot of people that are less willing to learn for the sake of not admitting that they're wrong. And, you know, there's ego in being right. Yes, so yeah. somebody would try to just stick 
stick to it out of their pride for being right. I see what you're saying. Uh huh. What we need more of is just the humility to admit when you're wrong when you know you do in fact find that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Come, so, come to terms with it. Yeah. yeah. There, there's. There, I think there's just a little bit too much uh, pride in being right, and there's not enough discussion being made, like civil discussion to be made in order to find out truth. And that's really what I try to get to at the end of the day is, am I being completely just true and fair to both ways of the issue? Like, I, I really try to get to just the absolute objectively right answer before I take a stance on anything. And that led me to the Republican side. Right. Completely agree. It's uh, an ego thing, right? You got to put your ego to the side sometimes for for every, for both sides. And I don't think Republican or Democrat is, one side is not 100% correct, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good mix of both. Now, I do sometimes feel that Republicans, you know, have more of those conservative values. They're very faith-based. To be on the podcast, you filled out the form, you had mentioned you're trying to motivate and inspire more freedom lovers to get involved in the fight for freedom. What do you see happening in America that would motivate you to do so? Well, I think all the issues that are happening right now uh, should really scare people into action more and really inspire them to get involved. You know, the big philosophy that led me to really take action in politics is I care about these issues so why don't I do something about it instead of just putting my trust in somebody else to do it so why don't I you know give it a shot so I think more people need to just ask ask yourself would I rather do this you know if your circumstances are willing or should I trust somebody else to do it and do I trust X person to do this on my behalf? You know, the best interests of my family, community, and country. So what do you think people can do locally in their community um, to make a difference? Like, what are some small steps that, that locals could do? So it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily needs to be political. You can help in any way possible. You know, support small businesses, support local farmers, uh, support just people that participate in the community and make it a healthier community, whether that's, I don't know, like your local crime watch or somebody that like uh, organizes community events and that sort of thing. Uh, Or you can get involved in like the political aspect. If there's somebody whose values align with yours, you know, make some phone calls, knock some doors and help them get elected. If, uh, you know, you do think that they are representative of your values who are some of the mentors that you have a big mentor of mine was my uh, friend that got me involved in politics in the first place his name is uh, Thomas Mizgalski and uh, my grandmother is a, a very big inspiration to me my mother and my father are incredibly helpful supportive and are big uh, drivers of just my general ambition in life. Um, my sister is, you know, very Im- important to me as well. And just the people, you know, around me that inspire me and encourage me to do good for the world and, you know, be a force for good, you know, whether that's uh, the people that I made uh, great connections 
with along the way, like fellow county party committee members and colleagues, coworkers, and that sort of thing. So now you're studying at Lehigh Carbon Community College, and what do you call it? L. How do you? L. Tri C. L. Tri C. L. Tri C. Okay, that's cool. So they're actually one of our clients. I showed you the printed piece we did for them, and I was like, "What a small world." So what's like the end goal after college? In uh, I'm studying business administration. I am uh, likely gonna go pursue a four year and try to start a business in thinking maybe something politically oriented, you know, because, you know, I have I have that credibility to bring to it uh, or something else. I mean, I'm very uh, inclined in graphic design and, you know, photography, art, that sort of thing. So maybe, you know, divulge into that. Yeah. Whether you're designing it, whether you, because like, you know, here at Color Tech we do printing and I gave you a tour, whether you get into printing or whether you, you run for a higher position in office, you know, I think that's a, that's a win for you. Like I said, the values and the background that you have, you know, will help you along the way for sure. So what would you say you're most passionate about? I'm really just passionate about the three values at the core of like the conservative heart, I guess to say. God, family, country. And uh, you can add community in there too if you want. But uh, those are the things I really care about, and trying to advance policies or protections in order to protect those things is what I'm, you know, really after. Because it's it's a fight, and you need to get involved in it if you want to protect the things that are important to you. I couldn't agree more. I, I think now it's almost the way I look at the world. It's it's almost light versus dark, good versus evil. Mm-hmm. It's almost past politics and left or right side or whatever it is, but just some of the things you, you see going on and uh, money being sent elsewhere, where yet here in America we have, you know, veterans, homeless. We have such a rough homeless population. It's such a, a poor, It yeah. is, you know, and look at poor uh, cities like Philadelphia, New York, and uh, I understand you, you have to uh, help those less fortunate for sure because we're all human so of course we care about each other and other people but at some point when do you when do you stop and say well we we have to take care of our own our own household our own family before we can take care of others the way we're doing it and uh i couldn't agree more you know god family country and community that that's what i think everybody should look at first and foremost yeah exactly and you know a lot of our so-called leaders have, you know, forgotten that. And we're just spending money at our rear, you know, to other countries. I Like, I just recently learned that, you know, we're subsidizing businesses in other countries and providing protections and fully funding, you know, their institutions while we have Americans that can barely afford groceries these days. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. And we have ever-growing amount of crime and, you know, we just can't afford for a lot of these things to continue no no i i agree and and uh it blows my mind seeing things on the news whether it's the southern border or like i said even i noticed i saw in the news it's getting to the point where uh new york which is uh, a sanctuary city i mm-hmm. believe that's a correct term um that now they're talking to the mayor and things like that this the citizens because they've taken on so many refugees that mm-hmm. You know, it's now affecting their day to day. Something has to change. I feel like in order to 
to in order to help people, we have to help ourselves first. That that's that's what I'm thinking. Exactly. It's unacceptable. Yeah. In just Joe Biden's first term, you know, as far as we've gotten now, over seven million people have crossed that border illegally. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Just a quick update. If you made it this far into the episode featuring Zachary Halkius, thank you very much for uh, for listening. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy what I'm doing for the community, please feel free to leave a positive rating and follow along on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Just wanted to throw out some actual figures here. The New York Post says a shocking 3.8 million migrants have entered the U.S. since Biden took office. And then from Migration Policy Institute, MPI.org, unauthorized population in the United States is over 11,050-some thousand. So just wanted to get some correct stats out there for everyone listening. And again, thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Back to the episode. Wow. That's insane. That's almost the size of like the entire of New York City. And New York City is getting 10,000 migrants a month. You know, veterans are getting kicked out of their apartments to house immigrants. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you know where you got the the 7 million? Because I I don't know. Do you have like a a source? Do you remember? I don't remember exactly what the source was. I guess the solution is getting younger people involved like yourself getting and and older people getting out there and letting your voice be heard right like mm-hmm. get out and be involved in the community and it could be something as small i think as as you know volunteering to coach a local you know sports team yeah we we need more communities like that where you know the the parents you know are spending more time with their kids and they're not as you send a kid like standardly you send a kid to school for seven hours a day five days a week for nine months out of the year and then they come home and then you know they're learning the same things that are happening in their schools on social media so they're not learning the the conservative values that you know a lot of the older people the parents have aren't getting transferred down to their kids and that's why we're in the situation we're in where less young people are choosing to be conservative because their families are not you know, transferring those values because there's like so much time taken away. And here's the thing that I'm passionate about that most politicians won't even like acknowledge. We don't live in an economy anymore where one uh, parent can support the family so that the other parent can raise the, the kids. Exactly. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Like if, if both parents want to work, uh, mother and father, you know, let them. But, you know, that's the thing that forces these kids into, you know, daycares, you know, all day and then, you know, school all day because we don't live in an economy where we can afford to have the, uh, the parent stay home and raise the kid. You really can't. You yeah. really can't. You have to have two people working. And then, yeah, it's that time. The values aren't being passed down. Kids are at school, which, again, I'm not saying schools are doing anything wrong because they're teaching what curriculum is, is given to them, I guess, by the states. But it's that time that they're not with mom or dad to learn those values or those traditions, right? Even just family traditions. I agree with you 100%. Something has to change, and we'll see what happens in 2024. I feel like that's going to be a big one. Yeah. 
Yeah. So now, what items did you bring with today? Let's talk about those a little bit. Here, I have a Vote Zachary Halkius Lincoln Borough Council pin. Okay. We got a little uh, button press off of Amazon, and we... Oh, you did these yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> My cool. My mom made them. Uh, so we made a couple of those, handed them out uh, during the campaign, and uh, yeah. you're free to keep that one. Oh, we man. Have, we have plenty. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> yep. And then... That's awesome. We both made them. Yeah. Yeah, together. That's great. Secondly, we have a Vote Zachary Halkius Slatington Borough Council pen. Whoa, an official pen. Yep. And the pen. Yep. And that is very a very underrated uh, type of political advertising because people will keep that and use it. Not everybody is really who's going to keep like their mailer or the piece of literature that's left on their door. Yeah. But that was a big one, especially during the writing campaign. <laughs> we need to make sure that they they spell Zachary with an I. <laughs> right. Correct. <for> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if they had it on the pen as they were filling out their ballot, <laughs> they won't forget it. Exactly. That's brilliant. I'm telling you, very good marketing strategy. Yeah. Because very underrated. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. I still I see it. them at like different offices. <laughs> like it's so underrated. <laughs> they just keep lingering. <laughs> yeah, but that's phenomenal. You know, it's got your name. I like yeah. that a lot. Cool. Yeah. And your last piece here, a piece yep. of printed literature. Yeah. Yep. So this is. The ad I ran uh, at the end or near the end of the campaign uh, in the Town and Country Gazette, we bought the full back page for that uh, edition of the magazine. It's yeah. full back page, vote November, uh, what does it say? November, November 2nd, 2nd yeah. Zachary Halkius, Slating to Borough Council. Wow, that is awesome. The full back page on the front, you got the Blue Mountain Town and Country Gazette, Happy Halloween, October 21st, 2021. This is neat. This is a piece of history, dude. I mean, hold on to this. This is awesome. Vote November 2nd. Wow. Very cool. That is awesome. Uh, did you design this? No, I didn't. I did not. I like it, though. Somebody it's else clean. designed it. But I did, like, make the concept of it, though. I, yeah. I, know, I knew I wanted, like, the American flag and the Pennsylvania flag and, you know, have the stars. So... And there'll be photos up on American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram for all the listeners. Um, so you can check that out. And now, how can our listeners uh, connect with you and follow along on your journey? So I'm on basically every social media. You can find me at Mr. Underscore Councilman on t- X, <laughs> not Twitter. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, X, right? <laughs> uh, Mr. Councilman on Instagram, uh, Zachary Halkius on YouTube, and Mr. Councilman or Mr. Doc Councilman on TikTok. Perfect. So you got them all covered. I think you yeah. just listened. Oh, and uh, Zachary Halkius on Facebook. Facebook? Okay. Yeah. Are you on uh, Truth Social or no? I am. It's just Zachary. <laughs> so you do. You're on all of them. That's great. That, okay, cool. Uh, before we close out, is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know? Just uh, if you have young people that are in your lives that care about these issues, try to get them involved in any way they can. It does not have to be in the political sense. But have them contribute something to their community or to their family, because those are the values that are that have really kept this country going and that started this country. Zachary Halkius, youngest elected official in PA on the American Grown Podcast and the Color Tech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. God bless. To see photos of today's guests and more content. Just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin 
at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.